Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Today's happy hour is brought to you by Jergens Wet Skin Moisturizer. Now you can lotion up on wet skin. It absorbs like that for softness all day. Jergens, let your beautiful shine. Guys, you're listening to episode number 184. And my guest for today is the lovely Marshawn Evans Daniels. Marshawn is a master in teaching the art of manifestation. This former sports attorney, Miss America finalist, and Donald Trump apprentice left her full-time job as a stuffy big firm lawyer and turned her passion for people into a multi-million dollar enterprise just a few years ago. She helps emerging and established women influencers of faith to believe bigger, live bigger, and profit bigger so that they can ultimately give bigger. On today's show, Marshawn and I talk about how she ended up on The Apprentice about living out our faith in our daily life. She talks about how she started her business of helping women grow their businesses. And this all came from a huge moment of crisis that she shares with us about something that happened a few days before she was set to get married. I do want to warn you listeners that we talk about infidelity in here and it might not be suitable for little ears. Okay, you guys, we have three more stops on our book tour. And these book tour stops have been so delightful. That's what I need to say. Last week, we were in Seattle, and we had two spots in Northwest Arkansas, and it was so much fun. The next three stops are San Antonio, which still has some tickets available. Go to jamieivy.com slash San Antonio book tour. The Nashville event has been sold out for quite some time, so that is going to be super fun. And then we recently added a stop to Waco. Waco, Texas. Go to jamieivy.com slash Waco book tour. And for this one, I threw up half price tickets for all you college girls. So are you a Waco girl? Are you a Maryland and Baylor girl? Are you in Austin? Who knows? Come on out to the Waco book tour. There's so much fun. Each of these shows includes a snack and a drink and copy of the book, a time to meet me and hug next and take a picture and sign books. It's a really great girls night. Okay, friends, here is my conversation with Marshawn. Hey, Marshawn, welcome to the happy hour. Hi, Jamie. Thank you for having me. Uh, we should tell everyone how long we've known each other. One week. <laughs> one week. This is our one week anniversary. <laughs> I'm super excited. We met at my Atlanta book tour stop because yes. you are an Atlanta girl. I am. Are you born and raised? I'm born and raised Texan. <gasps> I'm from Dallas. D-Town. North Dallas. Yeah, Richardson. But I've lived in Atlanta now 13 years. Okay. This is a joy for me to sit down and chat with you because we have so many mutual friends. Yes. And if anybody is a friend of Kat Armstrong and Jen Jet, they are a friend of mine. Yes. Taylor. Like we we have people that we love together. Yes. And so now we are friends. Yeah. Welcome. When you come back to the ATL, I'm going to get you shrimp and grits. Okay. <laughs> Let's do this real quick. The ATL did us right. I saw, I was jealous of your Instagram feed of the fact that you're finding restaurants that I have no clue about. And I've been there 13 years. It did us right. That's good. So Aaron, my husband, Aaron stayed. We stayed till Monday. So we stayed a couple of days. Mm -hmm. We ate phenomenal dinners. Yeah. Some of the best pizza I've ever had. I saw the pizza place. I'm so going there. Antico? <gasps> yes. I saw it. it I was, was so like, great. I was stalking your feed the yes. whole time you were in Atlanta. Well, I'm, glad. I'm glad. I should have gone to church with you all. That looks You should have. And then we went to Passion. <laughs> it was so great. Nice. I know. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I was reading about you after I met you last week. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're a lawyer, which mm -hmm. I automatically feel like I'm like... Can I just pause the way you said lawyer? I know I'm back in Texas now. <laughs> Why? What did I do? Lawyer? It's just a lawyer. Yes. What is it? How do you say it? It's lawyer. But it's lawyer. A, lawyer. No, no. It's perfect. You're perfect in every way, Jamie. It just, <laughs> I just, when I come back to Texas, I have these reminders. Okay, now you say it. 
I don't actually say it that often because I don't practice anymore, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lawyer. A lawyer. A lawyer, lawyer. Lawyer. A lawyer, yes. If you don't practice, can you still be a lawyer? I'm a lawyer forever. Um, I may not be, I'm, I'm barred, I'm licensed, as long as you're never disbarred. Is that, everyone gets that or you did something special? Um, so once you graduate law school, you have to take the bar and that's how you get admitted to practice in your state. I got admitted to practice in the state of Georgia and then the U.S. Supreme Court just because I was eligible and I said, sure, why not? That would be great for what my kids to know What does that even mean? Is it you could? I could try a case before the United States Supreme Court. Do you have any desire to do that? I have zero desire. I have now been <laughs> retired going on 11 years. I left the practice uh, while I was in my 20s to start a business. I'm more entrepreneurial than I am legal, uh-huh. um, but I do like a good argument from time to time. God's been working with me on that. <laughs> and um, so I, I went to law school to be attorney general of the United States. I was this was be your goal. Ju- this was my goal. I was going to be a juvenile court judge, attorney general of the United States. And then I got a taste for business and kind of went a different path. What gave you that taste for business? Well, the last year of law school, I went to Georgetown in DC and I saw during my first year of law school, an advertisement for The Apprentice way back in like 2002, 2003. Like advertising come be on the show? Yes, they were casting for Uh it. And this was still towards the beginning of reality TV land. The Apprentice, the first season, had 30 million people watching. It was the first business-style reality. What year was that? 2003, I think. Okay, I'm trying to remember. And so I wanted to do it, and I knew I was going to do it. I felt in my spirit I was going to do it, but I knew I needed to finish law school because it's hard enough to get into Georgetown. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people told me that I was making a mistake going there because I didn't have any money to go there. And I know God told me to go there, and I ended up going there, and uh, all of my... um, Tuition was paid for in full with no loans. Because of your smartness? Uh, well, I will say yes, of course. <laughs> Why? What else is there? <laughs> no, well, that I, I applied for, I applied for scholarships. I competed at Miss America. I got some scholar, I got about $80,000 from doing that. I was a Harriet Truman scholar. So it was really for me, though, I really look back at it as a sign of obedience because my dad was like, you got a full scholarship to the University of Texas with some of your other scholarships. You'll make money. Come home. And I said, dad, you didn't raise me to come back home. And I feel God saying, I need to go to DC and Georgetown is where I need to be. And I didn't have the money, but when we make that decision, all of the needs were met and they came in. I still had to do my part, but Mm -hmm. he fulfilled the, it's kind of like the story of the woman with the jars of oil. Yeah. When we put the jars out, he fills it up. And so that's how I ended up in DC. And I went to Georgetown and then I saw this show, this called The Apprentice. I kept speaking that for the whole three years that I was in school. I'm going to be on this show. I'm going to be on it. I knew it. And the third year, I scheduled all of my classes so that I would have no exams the last semester because I knew that's when they were going to be coming back to D.C. to cast again. And I went and stood in line like everybody else. Had you already competed as Miss America? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. I had, I I did that before I even went to school. Okay. Got it. Got it. And, um, so I was probably around 24, 25 years old at this point, getting ready to go and stand in line at a Mercedes Benz dealership in Virginia in February. And it was cold and they were casting for two versions of the apprentice. Then you may not remember, but Martha Stewart had a version. I do not remember that. It it was one year because, um, not that this president has a problem with talking smack about anybody, but he and you couldn't have two very wealthy people with big egos apparently having the same show called The Apprentice. So it didn't last Uh long, but I didn't know that was going to happen. So I went to audition for the Trump show and I felt the Holy Spirit say, get in the other line for Martha Stewart. It was shorter. And again, it was cold and I was in heels. Uh, thank you. And it was February in DC, right? Go ahead. I go through the whole casting process for Martha Stewart. I keep going from one round to the next round to the next round. And then about three weeks later, I get a call. I'm actually in Dallas at the Mac store. You know how this whole thing, where were you in? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm at North Park Mall for those of Texans at the Mac store. And I get a call from LA and it's the producer that's been casting me and saying, we want you to come out to final week of interviews in LA, but we think that you're better suited for the Donald Trump show. And so it's interesting how you have that thing where you know, that that stillness where you know that you know, but you don't always know how. Yeah. And the plan that I had in place on how this was going to happen in real time, like, you know how... God always says, get in that line, not this line when you're at the grocery store. Right. And you're like, I knew I should have. Yeah, anyway. uh-huh. it's always shorter <laughs> over there, right? It's that split second listening. And that put me on the business path, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, guys, I am going to stop real quick this conversation with Marshawn because I have a special segment that I want to talk to you about, and that is getting our homes looking great for spring. So just this past weekend, Aaron and I and the whole family, actually, we did some spring cleaning. We cleaned out all kinds of stuff, but we also went to town in our bathroom and our kitchen and on our walls. And our favorite thing that we used this weekend, it was the Mr. Clean Magic Erasers. So you probably already know that Mr. Clean Magic Erasers are great on marks and scuffs on walls. And I'm going to tell you about that in a second. But what you might not know is that they're also great at cleaning tough messes all around your house including places where your wipes and your sprays are just going to fall short. So I've got my husband, Aaron, in here with me today. Hi. Okay, so we did cleaning this weekend, Aaron. How much do you love cleaning? Uh, I like things to be clean. I don't actually like to do the cleaning. But we had like a family meeting and we all sat down and we cleaned the kitchen. We cleaned the bathrooms. It's spring break around here and we're out of town, but we actually have people staying in our house this week while we're gone. That's right. So we wanted to make sure it looked great. One of the things I've never liked about cleaning is we don't always have the right tools to actually make it work easily. And so when we had the magic eraser, it changed our whole cleaning process. Okay. So we kind of split up around the house. And Aaron, since you do most of the cooking, I thought it would just be appropriate that you would do most of the spring cleaning in the kitchen. How much did you love the magic eraser for your kitchen? I loved it because it got all of the grease off like instantly. Usually that's the hardest part to clean is the stove with all the grease spills everywhere and splatters and those stains, you know, that you can't ever get off of the stove. This thing just absolutely crushed it. It was so easy. And all you do is stick it under water and you're good to go. Yeah. So then I took the magic eraser upstairs in the bathroom and then you guys, I handed it off to the kids and was like, here, go do your own bathroom. You just wet it, squeeze it, and then you scrub and it got off that ring around the tub that everyone hates so much that just you can't get off. The magic eraser did. Let me tell you, when you've got four kids, are you with me that every time they walk around, they rub their hands on the walls? It's like they come in and they have like mud between their fingers or something. I don't even know how they do it. So we already know that the Mr. Clean magic eraser gets stuff off the walls. But Aaron and I had a really kind of maybe even I'd say fun time using this all over our house in the kitchen and in the bathroom, the walls, the countertops. One of my kids even used it on their shoes. So there you go. You guys, Mr. Clean Magic Eraser is just what you need for your spring cleaning. It's quick and easy, and it's a great way to get your home looking great this spring. There's a great list of all the stains and messes that you can erase with a magic eraser at mrclean.com slash podcast. Again, that's mrclean.com slash podcast. So did you go on The Apprentice? I was on, yeah. I got on there. I was season four. I was on 10 out of 13 weeks, so I almost won. Girl. I was on for a while. Was this, I mean, this is, was it when they did like Celebrity Apprentice? This was way before Celebrity Apprentice. This was Apprentice. when you did what you just did. This, you just didn't line This is when you were um, selected because regular of person. regular yeah. person that was ambitious and had been successful. And they cast 18 people, usually one African-American male, one African-American female. Were you the one? I was the, the one. token black girl? And, and, and one million people applied. Stop. You want to talk about favor? And showing up, because I, I thought, at, I remember at the time, a lot of believers were like, why would you want to go on a show like that? And maybe we can get to it later, but that was the experience that enabled me to lead a person to Christ mm. for the first time. While you were on the show? Actually, the show had finished airing. So all 13 weeks and six months later, I didn't know that NBC had the uh, reruns airing on CNBC, okay, which is a business show, mm -hmm. and they have like stocks and stuff in the morning. And so a woman calls me saying, or actually emails us through my website and says, "Hey, my daughter saw you on the show. She's sick and dying from cancer. Stop. Will you talk to her?" And I'm like, "Of course I will." Yes. And then we set everything up, and while I'm waiting for her to call me, I'm sitting here like, "What am I going to say?" What do I say? Yeah. What do we talk about? And um, I actually write about this in my book, Believe Bigger, this experience about how, um, how this all transpired. So we talk. It turns out we both collected frogs of all things, like random. We both collected frogs. And um, you could hear her two kids kind of trying to be close to their mom. And she was weak and she was doing her best to still be very present with them. And while we were talking, we're about 20, 30 minutes in. And I feel, again, the Holy Spirit say, ask her if she's saved. And this woman just knows you because she saw you on The Apprentice. She saw me on one episode on reruns of The Apprentice. She lives on in Montana. Okay. She doesn't watch television. She's never seen the show. And this was not a 
Christian show. This is not TBN no, or right. Daystar uh-huh. or something like that. This is a business show uh-huh. where people are competing, cutthroat. Totally. And it is as competitive as it gets. Yep. And um, and stab you in the back. I yeah, mean, I'm out for my own self. What can I exactly. do? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm sitting here thinking, what did she see? Like, I don't know what episode she saw. And her mom said she has never relate. She said she saw you and she saw you on the show and she asked mom, can you find her for me? I want to talk to her. Wow. And so, um, I asked her, I said, um, first I paused for a minute. I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to ask her? And, um, you know, it's not the enemy asking you to ask someone if they know Christ. Yeah. So I said, um, faith, I have a question for you. Are you saved? And she said, I've gone to church my whole life, but I'm not really sure how that works. Mm. And I said, I can be sure about how we know. I know how we can be sure. And she go, I said, well, you, can I pray with you? And she said, very weak voice. She said, yes, please. And so I don't know that I prayed it perfectly like you hear on Sundays, but I asked, we, she f- repeated after me and accepted Christ as her Lord and Savior. And this is the part that I never will forget is when she said, if I had known it was that easy, I would have done it a long time ago. Wow. And that moment is always just very surreal to me because just like we were just talking about that split second moment of getting in the line to get on the show. And then we're having a conversation and it's going a certain way. And then that's our split second moment again. I said, ask her this. You got to ask her right now. And you feel this portal opening up and we have a moment to move in it. And sometimes we just say, oh, that's not God. And we just let it pass. So I, um, got an email from her overnight and we had scheduled for me to talk to her in the morning. So when I called her in the morning, her mom answered the phone and she said, um, faith passed away overnight, Oh my gosh! but thank you for spending time with her. And I thanked her for sharing her daughter with me. And that's why I believe now how important it is for us to not hide. We don't have to just be in spaces that are pulpit oriented or in the four walls. Um, I know for me, I always, a lot of time, a lot of times have felt like as a Christian woman who happens to be very ambitious, who does like to compete and does like to do things in the mass market and in the mainstream and in the world as if God didn't send us to the world. Exactly. (laughs) And to be out there, to be judged a lot and to be almost as though this is not as much of ministry as anything else. And that really helped me to put everything in perspective that anywhere God sends a woman is holy ground, Mm. regardless of it. And so that is, I believe that whether it is your creativity, your, your gifts, your talents, even just your ambition will lead you onto the battlefield that'll take other people into eternity. And we can't just do it yeah, in four walls. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting. I talked to Kathy Lee Gifford last year on the show, which was nice. really cool for was me. Was she holding the mic that I'm holding right <laughs> we now? We were not together in person. <laughs> oh, okay. I would have just died. Um, but I did talk to her about that as being a person, um, not only of influence, but in the public eye. And she has been a Christian and held on to her faith for years and years and years. And what that's looked like for her. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we think, oh, well, that's a question that just we need to ask Kathy Lee Gifford or Marshawn, because you've done a lot in the public eye. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, been interviewed on TV and sports lawyer stuff and all kinds of things, Miss America pageant. But this is our daily life. This is our daily life of living out our faith everywhere we go. Um, And I think some people kind of get scared about that. You know, like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like wear Christian t-shirts every day and pass out tracks. But it's not like that. It's more just like you integrate, this is who I am. I'm a lover of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it kind of overflows into my world. Is that how you feel that in your world because Mm -hmm. of all the things that you're involved in? I think that, that we have not, we're not fully aware of how we're conditioned to play small when it comes to our faith. We're taught to be afraid of becoming like the world mm-hmm. so much that we stay out of day-to-day life with people. And we like to hang around people who believe what we believe yeah. because it doesn't challenge us. I think also we're not really built to be witnesses. We're built to be worshipers with other people who believe what we believe already. So a lot of times the reason we struggle with sharing our faith is because we don't know how to talk to people who ask us questions that we don't understand the answer to. We don't want to be challenged. Um, And so it's easier to stay where we belong. And then what happens also is we become judgmental of people who leave the bubble, who go out and because it is harder. It is way harder to be in 
with people who don't believe what you believe, with people who are going to ask you, well, aren't there many pathways to God? Mm -hmm. And without being judgmental to share this carpenter mm -hmm. that you um, believe is the son of son of God yeah. and to tell that story. And we don't want to have those conversations. Um, and so I think that's part of it. I mean, yes, we need to integrate our faith into what it is that we do. But for me, the biggest challenge I have had in my faith is with other believers. Mm. It's not with the world. It's not. And, and, um, that is, that's another reason why I, I, I really believe as women, we've got to let go of rules, um, archaic rules, even religiosity about who we, what we're supposed to do. Where we're, we need to be following where God needs us. Cause there's a whole generation that that's not getting into the kingdom because we're playing it safe and easy mm. right now. Yeah. You know, when you talk about like living out life, um, not just in a bubble of people yes. who are believers that be, believe like you. I see this a lot with my kids who are in middle school right now. I mean, okay. I look back and I think, man, middle school and high school, I'm parenting these people, these little people who I want to be followers of Jesus, and they are not in a bubble. Mm -hmm. They are right. in a school with everybody who believes all kinds of different yep. things. Um, and so it's teaching me a lot as yeah. I talk with them about having conversations with their friends who, or mm -hmm. things that might happen that, you know what, that might not be appropriate or okay yep. for a 14 year old boy um, to be doing. And so it's super, super. But that's the best training that they can get to be prepared yeah. to lead. And yeah. that's, that's one of the reasons I wrote Believe Bigger is I want every woman to know that God is not a respecter of persons when it comes to us being called to have influence and to lead, that we are to believe bigger. And we've been taught that. That, well, some people are like this and some people are like that. And so it gives us permission to believe smaller than this huge, massive, big God who doesn't do small things. And so for me, you remind me a lot of my mom mm. in the sense that my mom covered us and she prayed over us and she prayed for favor over us. But she had a choice when there was a time where she was at a crossroads trying to decide whether to send us to a private Christian school yes. or to a public school. We've had those conversations. Yeah. And I look back at it now and I would not be for me in my path. Uh, I would not be as resilient and capable of not being as influenced by peer pressure. And as you get older, the peer pressure really doesn't change. It just takes on a different face. You know, that could be corporate pressure or the pressure to do what it takes to get a job or to get a man or whatever that pressure. Mm -hmm. And really knowing who you are. I, I was a virgin when I finally did get married. Mm -hmm. And to be able to hold on to that for that long, it wasn't like it was a um, thing to do because I'm trying to be better than anybody else. But I just feel like my mom gave me something to be able to stay in mm -hmm. that space. And yeah. so I, I believe you're doing that for your kids in whatever way that looks like by having them in the trenches and teaching them about Jesus who was in the trenches with people mm -hmm. too. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, that's what we want. Mm -hmm. I might, I want my kids to know that they can make mistakes and mm -hmm. that we're still going to be here. We're still going to yep. love them and we're going to just pick, we're going to move on because Jesus helps us do that. Yep. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. 
I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Okay, guys, I know you're loving this show, but let me first take a time to thank our sponsors. Support for today's show comes from Prep Dish. Prep Dish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service. I had someone on a book tour stop ask me recently. She like leaned in close, like she was going to whisper something serious. And she goes, you have to tell me, do you really like Prep Dish? And I said, I really do like Prep Dish. Here's why. If you have a crazy schedule like we do at the Ivy's house, it's such a time saver. No more thinking about your meals. Let Prep Dish do the planning for you. Okay, here's what happens. When you sign up for Prep Dish, you're going to receive an email that has a grocery list plus prep ahead instructions. So all you need to do is grocery shop, prep ahead, and then all your meals are ready for the entire week. They are all healthy, gluten-free, dairy-free, and paleo meals that are real foods only. So you're going to save time and you're going to have amazing, delicious meals like smoky paprika chicken legs with a trio of roasted vegetables or turkey and zucchini lasagna. You guys, there's no guesswork needed. Prep Dish does everything for you. Right now, Allison, who's the founder of Prep Dish, and I actually met her. She's quite lovely in person. She came out to the Austin Book Tour stop. Right now, Allison is offering you $4 for a month-long trial. Yes, that's right, you guys. You get to try it out for $1 per week. That means you're going to pay a dollar and someone's going to tell you how to create delicious food for your family. It's a no-brainer. Go to prepdish.com slash happy hour for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash happy hour to try your first month of Prep Dish for only $4. Guys, okay, for our second sponsor, it's a little weird here, but go with me. It's actually my book, If You Only Knew. Now, a lot of you have read this book because you've told me and you've told me that you've loved it and God has used it in your life. But you may be thinking, should I get this book or should I not get this book? And I'm just gonna read you one review from Amazon and they said this. I've thought about what I wanna say for a while now, trying to put my words together so that others who may be reading this and considering purchasing it would feel drawn to do so by my review. I decided there's no words that could rightfully express what happened on the inside of me while reading each page of Jamie's book. I feel like I just sat down at a friend's house on an oversized couch with giant pillows, having one of those conversations that lasts throughout the night as the sun comes up and I still don't want it to end because it's what I've needed to hear and wanted to share. With each story she told, I said, me too, with tears streaming down my face. I didn't ever expect anybody to relate to my story. And then I read Jamie's and it was like she was retelling my story. One that I've been open to sharing, but left some parts out. I feel like I can take a deep breath now. I'm pushing forward, not letting shame and guilt hold me back. Believing it's worth saying, believing vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Kendra, thank you so much for that review. I hope if you're looking for a new book that you would consider getting If You Only Knew. Okay, so I want to hear that I don't know the story. Yes. But I want to hear a story about something that changed your life nine years ago. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So take me back and tell us listeners what was happening nine years ago. And it really, it changed a lot of the trajectory for your life right now. Would you say that? Absolutely. Tell me what happened. So I'm here. I left my law firm. I was managing pro athletes in the NFL and the NBA. Which is just, I could have, I'm a sports person. Are you? you? Oh, yeah. My husband, like... When we were in Atlanta, we were in an Uber and it was the Super Bowl. And I had a 45 minute conversation with this man about different teams and different players. And my husband's in the back like, I have no idea what y'all are talking about. <laughs> so I, I, this is fun to me. I like this. I can't believe you did that. It sounds I so did. fun. Okay. My first client was the highest paid defensive end in the NFL in 2007. Like it, I favor. But I, so I came in and I just was working it and it was growing and it was amazing. And then I met this man. And we got engaged. Um, He lived in Chicago. I lived in Atlanta. So I'm running the sports agency. I'm having this long distance relationship with a man who was now he was he had been retired from sports for like eight years. So I'd never dated a client. Yeah, he was he was a baseball player, a baseball player, had three kids, had been married. And um, I was kind of taken off of swept off my feet because growing up in Texas as a black girl in predominantly white neighborhoods and white schools growing up and not having boys who would ask me out, not having girls that would even ask me for a sleepover because they just wouldn't have, they weren't even allowed to come over to my house. Mm-hmm. I was never like none of the girls were, it was, I talk about um, just kind of racial tension being first generation integration at our school, even in the eighties. Which is just like, it makes my mind. Yeah. And what that does to your esteem and you feel like, am I wanted so for me, I became addicted to success, pursuing these degrees. Like I can take care of myself. Yeah. I, I, I don't need you to want me because exactly. I'm going I'm to make it happen. And I can get positive attention if I win. Okay, yeah. If I get good grades. Uh-huh. So here I've built this really great business. I've got a book out on business. I've been on The Apprentice and I meet this man. Everything's going great. We get engaged. We're getting married. And um, Monday morning, he is flying in from Chicago to Atlanta for us to start wedding week. Because you get married that weekend. Get married that weekend. This is six days before. Uh-huh. And I usually uh, always checked my text messages first thing in the morning because that, because since we weren't in the same city, he always sent me a morning love note. Yeah. So I went to check it and I, it was there. And then I checked my email. Still hadn't gotten out of the bed yet. I knew he's probably about to board his flight. And I get a, a message and it is from a woman who is saying that she has been sleeping with my fiance. Y'all should see Jamie's eyes right now. They're huge. <laughs> and um, an email. Yeah, an email. From a woman. From a woman. Saying, happy wedding week, by the way. By the way. I've been sleeping with your fiance. Yeah. And so I kind did of. Did you know put, this woman? I do. I okay. do. Okay. Yeah. And um, so the the nature of the relationship and some of the, in the book, I call it godless details. I put some of it in there, but some of it is just, I would want no woman to have to go through, you know, experiencing, finding out more and more details. It turned out over time that it wasn't just her. And for me, I had, I was so trusting and I was like, finally, someone who wants me for me, doesn't want me because I'm successful, doesn't want me for anything and sees me. Mm -hmm. Like I felt I I was successful, but invisible Uh. for so long. And um, I didn't see this coming. And I loved being a mom. To the kiddos. Yeah. They called me Mimi. Uh And that was, I was, I was, I was already their mom in my head. You know, you give the baby girl baths and all of that. So you're in bed still. Still in bed in my, in my townhouse. By yourself. Mm -hmm. Yep. I pick up the phone. What is the first thing you do? I call him. Okay. And I'm like, this is not true. This can't be true. I'm going to call him. I'm like, you want, can you believe what What, so and so? We're going to both be shocked together because, Uh and he said three times, don't believe her. Don't believe her. Don't believe her. During the course of a very short conversation, because I could hear the pilot. Yeah, he's on the plane. They're saying, sir, you need to turn your phone off. He goes, sweetie, I have to go. Just don't believe her. We're going to get all this settled. I'll see you when I get in. Don't believe her. And How long is that flight from Chicago to Atlanta? It can't be long. Less than two hours. I was going to say, yeah. So I look and I was like, um, I felt the Holy Spirit say, get dressed. And so I did. So I got up, took a shower, got dressed. I called this woman on my way to the airport. Yes, y'all were friends. You had each other's phone numbers. I, uh, I did have, I do know how to reach out. So the only reason I'm not telling people to see the story. It could be none of my business. No, 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 it's not that. I want people to get the story and go see um, who she was in the book. 
Like Do to you actually, tell us who she oh, is? Oh, yeah. Her name? Not her name. Oh, my gosh. I was like, this is a tell-all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, try, yes. Um, but I tell how I knew her okay, and the ahead. relationship okay. and the details of it. And so I call. You can tell me when we're done. Yes. Yes, mama. <laughs> and um, I tell her, she tell, I asked, I, so I went into lawyer mode and because I had represented athletes, I was used to crisis management and I felt like I was You're handling. You're Olivia Pope at this moment. I was Olivia Pope. Yes. Okay. And I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience, like I was handling something for a client. Because you were handling his business. Yes. Mm. I was sin- sitting there trying to, and so I started asking questions like a lawyer would trying to figure out had she been in there. And when she described something that was in Mm, the bedroom and in the bathroom Mm. of a house that I had spent the entire summer looking for, for us to have a place to live when we got married, that I hadn't even slept in this bed yet because we said- Yeah, you were waiting. We were, we're going to wait. I wouldn't even, even not having Nookie, just we weren't Mm -hmm. going to sleep in the bed period. So I slept in the beds that we got for the kids when I would go up to Chicago. That's how... And I love that you just said nookie. Nookie. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was like, I was sitting there like, I thought, and I'm like, is the sky really blue? Oh, gosh. I'm like, no, no, no. We had conversations. She's not even allowed in the house. How would she get up to the room in the bedroom? And then when she said where she was in there... You knew. But I could also tell she took pride in saying this, that she had been in a position... It's almost like you can tell a woman who's been cheated on before... She this is I kind of wanted to, yeah. So <sighs> when he got to the airport, I kind of talk about this as well. About um, did you go pick him up? I was, I was, I was pulling. I was getting off the phone with her right when I was pulling into the airport. This is a movie. Yeah, this is this is a movie. Okay, yeah. Dude, that's actually pretty prophetic, I believe. But um, I pull in and I see him at baggage claim, and he didn't have to tell me whether it was true or false. I you can see it on his countenance. There is. He'd been found out. He, his spirit emanated shame mm. so heavy. I've, we have picked each other up from the airport a dozen times or more over the last year of just travel, having a long distance relationship. The look of fear and terror. And it's kind of, I remember when I would get in trouble when I was a kid yeah. and I would come home and I was, I was like, I don't know what's about to happen, but I know something's going to happen. And I don't know how much they know. Exactly. <laughs> yes. That's how, if I know my daughter's in trouble because she looks, she looks at me like, how much do you know? Yep. And I will say, praise the Lord for Homeland Security, because we did go to a restaurant and we sat down and talked. We ate nothing. Um, but I did notice the forks and knives on the table. So um, he, you know, denied it and then eventually admitted to it. And uh, I tried to give him the ring back. He wouldn't take it. Ladies, if he's the one who messes up, take the ring off, but don't give the ring back. Keep the ring. (laughs) (laughs) It's too dramatic. Don't, don't do that. I actually, transparent moment, I kept the ring because I didn't know I was going to pay my bills. I had closed down my sports agency for this relationship. To move and be his wife. He said, he said, don't, oh. don't work so hard. You've been traveling. You've been on this tour. You've been working with the athletes. Let me take care of you. Just come get settled. Be a mom. I'm on, I'm on his insurance. Like every, we're now, he had bought a car for me, which I didn't want. I was uncomfortable with, but my dad was like, honey, this is how you start letting, starting be to prepare. A man, yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, I don't have to be Miss Independent. So I let all the guards down, even financially. And so I didn't have a plan B. And so I, I, and so I, at a certain point I was like, well, I might have to pawn this thing to be able to pay my mortgage. And here I've been at Georgetown, been on the stage at Miss America. I've written a book about being successful in business called Skirts. And you don't know what's next. And I don't know what's next. And I don't know how I'm going to pay for this expensive BMW that he bought me Uh or my mortgage. And they're not going to care that my heart's broken. I don't even have the energy to figure out how to get out of the bed and stop looking at the ceiling. So this was a blow to your world. Yeah. You're, we're talking, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Yeah. But what about finally somebody sees me? Yeah. Finally somebody knows me. That's a blow because now you think I was, what was, what, what was, was it? What was it? Yeah. And it was, was I a target? Yeah. Was I a prey? Was this what Was you, I naive? Like I started finding out about more women and I was like, oh my gosh. Um, I just never thought something like that would be me. I thought I was smarter than that. I thought I was wiser than that. I was, um, I walked with God. These things don't happen to Mm -hmm. girls like us type of thing. And what I talk about in um, 
chapter two of the book, I realized as I was going through the healing process, I kept finding these scriptures about deserts. And I was like, okay, God, I know it feels kind of hopeless right now, but what's up with all the deserts? Yeah, uh -huh. And then there was one I saw in Isaiah 48, where he talks about how he split the rock open and then water gushed out. Mm. And so I was like, this, this scripture totally captivated me. And this was the beginning of an awakening. Um, it, I, I looked at what I was like, am I going through a split rock moment? Like, that's how I said it to yeah, myself, uh -huh. a split rock moment. And are you trying to tell me that there's new life on the other side of this? And so that was what I held on to for the, the years that I put my, my tush in counseling. I knew that I needed more than prayer mm -hmm. and I needed more than just going to church and even more than reading books. I needed to work with somebody who could help me figure out how did I end up here? Yeah. Because I've known God since I was a, a, a toddler uh -huh. and there's still something that attracted him here. So I had to realize that I was still responsible for attracting a man like this into my life. And this is why addressing our wounds are really important because it doesn't matter how much wisdom we have. It doesn't matter how much we love God if we don't really do the work. So we want God to do all the work. When we say deliverance isn't, doesn't mean it doesn't require our participation. Like it's a process. Yeah. Christ didn't just wake up and go to the cross. He had to go through a process too. So, so do we. And so um, I had to learn that those insecurities I had from elementary school, that those were still at play, like wanting someone to see me, wanting someone to pick me. At it, any cost. At any cost. Uh -huh. And that, and what it did, I, I wouldn't fully say at any cost. It was more, I just was, I was more unprepared than I realized for marriage. I didn't really accept myself fully yet. Mm -hmm. I didn't believe that I was fully enough. And so when you have those vulnerabilities, you're going to attract a predator. This we talk is... about this when my lady's in the jail. Oh, really? Yeah, we talk about the things that, you, what you just said. Mm -hmm. We talk mm -hmm. about that all the time. What are yep. some areas in your life that you may not, that you may be blinded yep. to, that you're not willing to see there could be old wounds from childhood, yep. from whatever. Yep. And then they attract. They do. Yeah. And they're blind spots to us. Men can see women very clearly, actually. It's like a green light. It is. And what happens is we start telling ourselves a story that kind of pacifies our insecurity. And so that when we do that, we start um, denting, putting dents in our own intuition. And I was like, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see this coming. Going through counseling helped me to see that there were warning signs. There were things that didn't seem right. You just right. weren't willing to see them? I don't think I was, I don't think I had the, you know, the Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. The level of my thinking and being and who I was, was it needed to elevate. And sometimes I believe this, and I say this in the book that God will use any means to get our attention. Yes. And he will even allow disruption. I don't mm -hmm. believe he sends us bad stuff, but he will allow disruption if it means he's going to get us, it's going to get us to our For destiny. Sure. For sure. And we can't get to our destiny if we haven't had some destiny development in our mindset. And what we think we need, what we think we know, who we think we are, all those things are just parts of our old self that God is trying to break down. And for me here, everyone would look and say, everything is together and she loves God. And I did. But there was just, you know, when you pray that God use me, mm. like God use no me, matter, use me, yeah. use me, he might need to get your attention mm -hmm. in a much deeper way. And for me, it was just a full yeah. stem to stern <laughs> Hebrews 12 type of earthquake. Uh -huh. And that split rock moment is one of the things I want women to really identify. Not because it could have taken me out from an emotional standpoint, going through depression yeah. and depression is no joke. Uh -huh. It's really no joke. And uh, I, I meet so many women who it's hard. We don't, we don't give ourselves enough time to really heal because we don't feel like we have time. We don't do that because we don't believe we're worthy of it. Mm. We'll go out and save everybody else. But we forget about ourselves. We yeah. forget about ourselves. And I wanted to figure out how could I not end up back here yeah. again. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake-up call. 
If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. In the book, do you talk about the rest of the week? I actually do. Okay, good. I do. But, yeah. you know, I told you um, earlier that I was engaged before I met my husband, Aaron. Yes. And it was me that, um, well, I'm sure that it was you too that called it off. But mm-hmm. there was nothing. The circumstances were different where I just kind of felt, I don't see myself. I had this moment of awakening That's going, good. I don't see me with this man forever. Yeah. But I also was afraid of saying no. Yep. Oh Every, yeah. The dress was bought, the church was booked, yeah. the cater. I mean, it's harder to say no when you don't have an external reason telling you why. Not my, there was no there external was no reason proof. for me. There was nothing, nothing that happened. And then you're like, your intuition is saying this and you're like, but is that the right voice? Yes. Am I hearing? Yes. It was for me like a Holy Spirit type of thing. And you know what? This is funny, Marshawn. I do this. Aaron used to make fun of me so much. He doesn't make fun of me anymore. But when we go to weddings, I literally become Debbie Downer when I go back to see the bride. I kid you not. I pull her in and I whisper in her ear. I'm not even kidding. You're like, are you sure? I say, if you don't want to do this, I will take you out. Yep. And I would love her fiance to death and be so happy for them. But sometimes you get so like laser focused in and no one's taking me up on it. Praise God, right? Mm -hmm. Like healthy marriages are happening. But I just want people to know like if there's something that you feel, it's not worth going through the motions of a wedding. Yeah. If the Holy Spirit is saying, I don't think this is right. Yeah. I don't think I've this is I've heard so good. many women who said, you were so brave and so strong for calling it off. And I was like, it was grace because the night before he came in, I was sitting on my couch talking to my fiance and I was like, I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, all of that. And I felt, we, we're talking a lot about the Holy Spirit on this, this yeah, podcast, I but I felt the Holy Spirit say, I felt a presence come in really strong. It's never happened to me before. Not like that. And I was like, I got to go. I hung up the phone and I actually, I do write about this, about I had this, this encounter with the Holy Spirit I've never had before. If you talk about, you got worship, you got praise. And then you look at like tribal worship when you go to like different countries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was more like that. And I didn't, I wasn't out of control, but I wasn't, I don't even, and then I sat down and I was breathing fast. I was like, what just happened? What was that? I believe that grace is more like, um, comes in strong sometimes. And I felt like I was covered that night because otherwise the next day I was probably going to lose my mind. Mm. And so it was just when I look back at it and I'm like, wow, God really does protect those who are carrying something that he needs to get out into the world. And most women when I know would not have been spared. So many women get cheated on every day. Yep. It happens. And I'm like, God, why was I spared? Mm. Like, why did you help me to see this before? Right. And then I remember being at the airport, talking to him, asking, I said, well, did you at least use protection? And that's when I was about to pick up a that's knife. That's what you wanted. Yeah. When he said, no, I was like, because I'm like, I've I'm waited to, yeah. my whole life. Yeah. And you flip it, just whatever. Yeah. yeah. He was not a bad man. Mm-hmm. He just had some really some bad choices. He had some, he wasn't whole either. He just wasn't whole. Yeah. So I have a, still a great relationship with his children and it was worth it for that, but it's also worth it for the woman that I am right now. Mm-hmm. I was mad at God towards the end of the week, the day after the wedding was supposed to happen. All of my friends a lot of them still came in because they had their tickets. Yeah. Couldn't get refunds. They had already paid for the hotel. Uh And a lot of them just wanted to see if I was okay. Instead of a rehearsal dinner, we had a celebration dinner. P. Diddy's restaurant in Atlanta, actually. Uh, The manager, he used to do events for my athletes. Uh So he's like, I'm going to host your rehearsal dinner. And then he was like, he was from Africa. He said, sister, it is so good that you find out about the busta (laughs) (laughs) beforehand. So, you know, that was one of the hardest weeks of my life. But when everyone was getting ready to go back, you know, it was like everything kind of slowed down in my mind. But it was kind of like after church, you know, everyone's hugging goodbye and all uh that good spirit. And for me, I pause. I'm like, everyone's about to leave. And I'll be all alone. be alone. And I said, God, why did this happen? And it wasn't like a woe is me. I wanted to know. I have been following you for a long time. I know that my life is not my own. And I know that this is way bigger than me. And 
I'm in a daze that this is even happening right mm-hmm. now. And he whispered, he said very clearly, I remember the exact words. He said, you are going to be able to change the lives of women like never before. And I took a deep breath and I remember thinking, you couldn't have just sent me a memo. Right. <laughs> anyway, any, any other way. Yeah. And I didn't know what he meant, but I knew he meant it. And that was what really helped me that in that scripture in Isaiah about the split rock. Those were the two things that were my guiding compasses through those days where I didn't want to get out of bed. Yeah. And I pressed in towards believing what I didn't understand. What I, And remember, I'm working with professional athletes. Guys, I didn't like working with women. I didn't, I did, that wasn't my heart's uh-huh. passion. I didn't get it. And that put me on the path of really discovering purpose. And, yeah. and so Believe Bigger is really about embracing disruption as the key to entering a process that God wants us to go through called divine reinvention. And what happens to us really isn't happening to us. It's happening for us because of what he wants to do through us. Mm. And so that was the beginning of me even having the seedling of an idea that my life was supposed to be geared towards women in some way. And I, a lot of times the reason we don't know our purpose is because it's hidden behind a place of pain. I didn't realize I still had so many issues of, you know, I talk a lot about just difficult relationships in the workplace with women being judged, the, the, the stuff growing up, not having girlfriends, the whole mean girls thing, and just being a loner, being on my own, being focused and feeling like I didn't need friends. I, I can be successful without you. So the idea of doing that, that, and, and we have all of these rules that we make up for ourselves that help us to survive. And underneath that rubble that we've created, these rules for this life that we've built ourselves, um, our purpose has now been buried underneath our And we wounds. don't even know what we it don't is even anymore. Know exactly. Because we've said, I won't go there. Mm. Which for you is I, women. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, encouraging and building up and ministering and helping women find what they're supposed to be doing is well, what you yeah. do now. Well, pretty much. But, I, was in, I was in my kitchen one day and I felt, So I think one of the things I talk about also in Believe Bigger is lightning bolt moments. Oprah would call it an Uh aha. And I was in my kitchen and I had this lightning bolt moment that was like, you're going to work with women in business. You're going to help them be successful. You're going to teach them what you taught pro athletes on how to brand themselves, how to get these huge sponsorship deals. I was working with Rolls Royce and Nike and Tiffany and Company and Sprint and these huge brands negotiating TV deals. Remind, mind you, I hadn't been practicing law very long. I feel like there are different gifts that each of us have. And now I can look back and say the gift of high-level networking, the gift of getting to yes, the gift of income generation, those are not necessarily outlined in the Bible. But for that, for my first client to be the highest paid defensive end in the NFL, right? And it wasn't what the world would call luck. It is called a, a clue, child. It's a clue. (laughs) This is something that is a God-given gift. And so he was starting to talk to me about that and helping women figure out how can they launch their own dreams. And so I needed to pay my bills and I needed a yes. I needed to figure something out. I said, I'm just going to have a seminar. I wasn't trying to focus on women at this point. So you had already not, you weren't doing professional athletes anymore. Yeah. I didn't have any, I I let all my clients go. So you could get married and do the nookie. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to say that all day today because that, I just love it so much. I love so that. then all of a sudden you're like, how do I translate what I know? Yes. I got to make money. I got to make money. And I had been a pageant coach, a communications consultant is what I used to call it. We weren't calling it branding way back in the day. Mm-hmm. I used to help Miss American, Miss, Miss USA contestants with their public speaking, their interview and all their resume, their essays. And that's how I paid my way through law school. That's how I made money. Wow. Yeah. Cause I had one interview when I competed at Miss America. Congratulations. And I was like, how'd you do it? Mm-hmm. So you're you. like, Hey, let me show you. Let me show you. Yeah. For this amount of dollars, you can <laughs> exactly. come to my, little, my seminars back then. They were 35 bucks. So I decided I'm going to have this business seminar. And I saw some of these guys that were having business seminars. I'm like, I'm going to do the same thing. They charged 1,500, actually it was $1,497. So what'd you do? I charged (laughs) $1,497. Of course you did. I was at a W hotel. You and I are in Uh a W right now. I was at a W hotel and I picked the room. It held 50 people. I said, I'm going to, my goal is to get 50 people, Uh 35 people registered. And I remember getting, I talk in the book as well about getting my first sale. And I talk, actually, I tell some things kind of specifically about price in the book, uh-huh. because I know people are going to look at me like, she charged what? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I want to be an example of excellence, of carrying Christ and being successful. Like right. you don't, we don't have to be paupers just because we're believers. And Preach it, girl. We don't have to. So I remember the first lady who bought a ticket, Mrs. Jenkins. She had known me since I was three. She didn't ask for a hookup. And there are people who are waiting. I want 
the women who are listening to know this. There are people who are in your circle who are waiting on you to show up in your gifts and your talents. And they might be, they may not be, not all of them, but some of them already see greatness in you. And they want to glean from what you what you make, what you create with your hands or what you know with your mind and even just the essence of who you are. And that was Mrs. Jenkins. That was Mrs. J, Mrs. Jenkins. She bought my first ticket and I ended up with 35 people. I got a sponsor called HP. Uh, they at the time they were like the 11th largest company in the in the country and i was like all right and i didn't get the number that i wanted but uh-huh. i had more than enough and then at the end i thought like a one day it was two days okay i did it two days and i basically poured every i had never i mean i had done seminars and workshops i'd been a speaker for a long time but i'd never done my own thing right like that and I poured so much into that those two days that, that I was able to use the exact same curriculum for those two days for the next seven years. Cause I, I was just like, everything was just Did you still out. charge that amount? No, um, I know you didn't. It got I, of course you went higher. I did, Miss Jamie. Jamie's yes. sitting there like, you better not have. Well, I ended up starting a company around. So it was back then it was called Me University, the ultimate business and branding boot camp. And then I started doing a coaching program. And then people joined and I did more events and then I had to do group programs and I called them masterminds. And so they were really high end and the investment level was anywhere between 10,000 and it got up to $50,000 for really successful business women. And I did not see this coming. Like I wasn't even trying. And the reason I wanted to share this story is it's not about the money. It is about believing bigger about where God wants mm-hmm. you. And there's nothing more. We have this whole thing of like wealthy versus poor and the rich versus the non-rich and the 1% versus the 99. And it's ridiculous. It's not of God. Um, wherever, again, wherever God sends you is holy ground. There's nothing better about being on the 21st floor in a penthouse if that person needs to have spiritual development and development of the gifts that God has given them versus someone who's on the first floor. There's nothing more holy about either level. And for me, I didn't see myself as the type of person that anyone would even listen to mm. to begin with. And then I started having these Bible studies And I didn't think anyone was going to show up for that. And then I realized people were coming to me for business because they wanted the spiritual discipleship. They wanted all of it. They wanted to be anchored in the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit's plan and God's plan. They wanted to know, because I always said, well, this is about, yeah, you got to learn some business stuff and you got to learn skill, but it's also about learning to listen to the voice yeah. of God that gives you ideas and gives you phrases and gives you gives you strategies. You know, I think it's so good and I'm so encouraged by what you're saying because I know that I struggled for a long time feeling like wow, if I j- if I feel like some of the ways God's gifted me are like talking and yep. speaking, am I prideful? Yes. Is this is this a real thing? Maybe I shouldn't do this. I don't know if a nice Christian woman would want to start a podcast all by herself. You know, like I had these lies that I was thinking this wasn't for me. And so I am also someone who is constantly looking around and saying, hey, God has given you gifts and he wants you to thrive in them. He really, really, really does. I used to think I can't write a book because what if I struggle with pride? Then a book would make me struggle more. And a friend looked at me and she said, do you think only people who don't struggle with pride write books? Right. She's like, no, you fight it. Like you're going to say no to God because you think you might struggle. Yes. I was like, okay, all right, here we go. Here we go. So girl. No, but what you're talking about is real. Like I, I was in my prayer closet when I had that first event, my first Mm -hmm. boot camp. With Miss Jenkins. With Miss Jenkins buying that first ticket Uh sitting on the front row Uh on the right side. (laughs) I love Miss Jenkins already. (laughs) She's amazing. The more I spent time in the word, I started seeing the Bible as a business plan. And I'm like, why is no one else talking about this? Why is no one else seeing that this Proverbs 31 woman, she was a mogul. Yes, she was a wife, but she was a world trader. She had to be a negotiator. Like, why is no one seeing all of these these nuggets of these jewels of wisdom? And I felt this fear that I was going to face so much rejection Mm -hmm. from the church and from believers that if I talked about branding yourself and being able to stand out, I was like, God, but we're supposed to be humble. And he said, everything that you've done in your life, I did for you. And if you hide what you've done, you're hiding me. Just because your testimony doesn't look like other people, that doesn't mean that it's not your testimony. So when you've been on the stage at Miss America, 
that was a testimony that it took you seven years to get there and trusting me to get you there, not through Texas, where you grew up through, through DC. I sent you there. Uh -huh. And if you don't tell the story, someone else is not going to be able to make the decisions they need to make that are non-traditional too. Mm -hmm. So stop being ashamed of what I've done in your life because other people don't understand what I've done. It's not for them to understand, mm -hmm. but it, for those who it matters to, it will matter yeah. to. And the minute we start thinking, oh, I did all this. Yeah. There's a problem. That's the problem. Yep. But we can stand thinking. on, yeah, we can yeah. stand on our gifts and be proud of them yes. and do them well. And we're yes. part of them because we know that everything, everything we have is a gift from God. Everything, yes. everything. It would be like um, saying, you know, I want to build my house on this land. But if I buy that piece of land for me and my family, I am being prideful and not building upon it. And, or if I buy it and I just let it sit there and I never develop it. And that's what we do when we do not stand tall in, why shouldn't we be the ones that are on television? Why shouldn't we be the ones that have the wealth? If we're the ones who have a heart for God, why can't we trust ourselves with what God had, how God has made us with what he's given us? And this is where I feel like the, what we've got to do in the church, what we've got to begin to do is build us up from the beginning that we are called to lead, create, launch, do, build, that this is who we are. That's what it means to expand the kingdom. We're, we don't just expand the kingdom metaphysically. He put us here on earth for a reason to mm -hmm. really subdue this land, yeah. to do stuff. And here's the thing. We will lead more people into the kingdom when they can see God working through us, not just in our pulpits and in our pews and in the traditional mm -hmm. ways. When we are walking in our gifts, because he gave them to all of us, and then they can see, wow, this person has substance, not just talent. This person has an essence. They have a glow. They have something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two people are building this land, but I want land that looks like hers. How can I build my land like you're building your land? And this is why we have, so that was the thing that gave me more freedom about teaching women how to stop hiding, how to stop being ashamed, how to, yeah, pick the right colors for your website, how to brand. And now we've gone up this huge spectrum now. I feel like we're so caught up just now in the superficial in some mm -hmm. ways. I've noticed this was so, well, when I started social media, wasn't what it is now. Yeah. And so we've still, and this is another reason why I believe it's so important to start talking about purpose because we've got this whole girl boss movement, mm -hmm. which is dangerous because this is not a, a movement. This is not a women's movement that's mm -hmm. happening and the church is going to miss this if we don't get it. It's not a women's movement. It's a move of God that happens to be happening through women right now. And if we don't teach because the church, we're not talking about ambition. So they're going out into these silly phrases like, I'm a girl boss. I'm a boss. Who talks like that? Mm -hmm. There's a rapper in Atlanta, huge dude named Rick Ross. He talks about being a boss. Women, we don't talk like that. Yeah. That's not how God talks to us as women about who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be warrior princesses. Yes. And we're supposed to be, in my view, like the Proverbs 31 woman who were elegant entrepreneurs. We're elegant with our family and um, we're wives, we're creative, and we also carry the spirit of the most high God. And this is going to be a bridge that leaves an unparalleled number of people into the kingdom if we get this right. And so that's why I want to draw, to throw my hat into the ring of being used to help women awaken their gifts, know what they are. Because what's going to happen, I believe, Jamie, is as women begin to realize I've been called to do amazing things. It doesn't, it's not about fame. It's not even about me, but God wants me to know the fullness of how fabulous and wonderfully and fearfully made that I really am. The problem is not that I'm fearfully or wonderfully made. I've been afraid of how wonderful I really am. I'm afraid to do it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Afraid to do it. And I'm afraid to believe that mm -hmm. I'm as good as I kind of think yeah. I am inside. Mm. I'm afraid I've believed the lie and now I've started. So all of those types of things, what's going to happen is we're going to see new Proverbs 31 women that really embody the whole thing. It's going to happen like never before, but what's going to get us into the kingdom is when we understand that this is a destiny assignment. And as we sell our kind of like what you do with noonday, mm -hmm. I feel like as it's an avenue also for women to learn about Christ as well. Mm -hmm. And now it's our day as women, what are we doing with our gifts? What are we doing even in our, in our, in our lives? How are we sharing our stories in such a way that gets more people into the kingdom? Mm, like then you have conversations with faith. Yes, yes. you do. Yes. Oh. Yes. That you don't see coming. You don't see them coming at all. Um, Marshawn, your book comes out next week. Yes. Uh, Believe Bigger, Discover the Path to Your Life Purpose. And um, I hope that a lot of people that listen to this podcast get your book and then get to meet you because you are a joy in person. Thank you. A pure, absolute joy. 
Thank you so much. I felt like I was about to start preaching in here. Like you were about to start preaching. About I'm about to, to, I'm about, we're about to get off this couch and have church up in here at the W. Oh, I'm passionate about this. I pray over every woman who's listening that she would be awakened in boldness just to know that she is here for a reason, to know the hope to which that you have been called and for such a time as this, that mm. we are the Esthers, we are the Debras, we are the Proverbs 31 women, and we, and you are you. You are a specific version of God that he needs expressed. And it's time out for playing small. Mm. It's time to believe bigger. Amen to that. Okay, thank you for coming today. Thank I'm a happy you. Hour. Thank you. Spring is here, and that means spring cleaning is too. This year, I tried Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, and it worked like magic. It cleaned the tough stuff my sprays and wipes can't get, like burnt-on stains on my stovetop and that stubborn ring around my bathtub. It was so easy to use. In fact, earlier in the show, Aaron and I told you how easy it was to use because we really did spring cleaning this past weekend. You just wet it, squeeze it, and it's ready to erase. See what cleaning wonders it can do for your home by visiting mrclean.com slash thehappyhour. All right, you guys, I knew you would love Marshawn. She is super inspiring, and I hope that you enjoyed our conversation today about using our gifts because we all know that they're from God. That was encouraging to me, and I pray that it was encouraging to you as well. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music was developed for this show by my friend Matt Graham. Next week, you guys, my guest is Holly Hayes. I met Holly through a mutual friend, and in fact, she also came to one of my book tour stops. She sat down with me in my studio a few weeks ago, and I am still thinking about the conversation that we had. It is that good, you guys. Guys, enjoy your week. If it's spring break like it is at our house, enjoy your family and friends. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. I will see you guys back here next week with my friend, Holly Hayes. Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.